0: Are we not the best of some friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stargazing, the podcast that is now utilizing Wayne Gretzky Vision to broadcast. It is very good to see you tonight, Greg, and Taylor as well. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, Hello. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, not that
1: to... was such a low energy intro. I, I know. I'm not feeling it, man. Come well, on. it's it's
0: a it's a call. If, if you've been paying attention to the, we were talking about this in the pre-call. Let's dive right in. We'll dive right. If you've been paying attention to the NHL's new broadcast partners, by and large, ESPN, TNT, doing a tremendous job. But in my opinion, there was a uh, not the the segment isn't my opinion. It happened. It's real. But uh, they they had Gretzky come into the TNT broadcast tonight in the middle of Caps Rangers and. He is the great one, obviously, but he carries himself on television with the air of a man that hopes you're not going to ask him a question, which is a shame. <laughs> and it was even more of a shame. And I can say this because he is the great one and the greatest of all time, but it was it was very interesting because while he was while he was speaking in a very low monotone, "Please don't talk to me way, the Washington Capitol scored two fairly pretty goals, and it was a very interesting juxtaposition of energy levels and interest. But oddly <laughs> enough, I came to this podcast with the same
2: feeling as hoping that you wouldn't ask me very many questions to see enough. <laughs>
0: well, well, for those who have listened to Taylor and I podcast before, that that may not be too far from the truth. We tend to prattle. <laughs> but okay. of course, we're not here to talk about Wayne Gretzky. We're not here to talk about TNT or ESPN. Thank the stars in central texas we're actually finally here to talk about regular season nhl hockey the curtain raises tomorrow the boys in victory green are ready to go and unlike the bit and the gimmick to start the show i'm i'm just thrilled out of my gourd uh for what's going to happen and it's it's a good night it's a it's a good night for hockey and a good night for expectations Wouldn't, wouldn't you say so
1: i'm sorry i can't get over the fact that you just said gourd just i also said out of my gourd <laughs> like, it's just, all, all
0: i mean i, I know we're in the fall car. but
1: come on <laughs> what's happening
0: oh man this is the the last bit of preseason punchy that you're gonna get and then things will things are gonna calm down after that. we're gonna start talking about bumpers and f4 and and breaking things down <laughs> methodically but it's nonsense tonight
1: and scrutinizing every day-to-day upper body that Rick Bonus gives
0: us. <laughs> Which is funny that Jason Dickinson... Or Jason Dickinson, wow. Whoa. A, guy, a, a new
1: Whoa.
0: guy in the, the team gets hit by a puck and all of a sudden he's Jason Dickinson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Does Jason Robertson really still new?
0: <laughs> I mean, he's newer than Jason Dickinson, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, strong start.
1: Everything
0: is relative. <laughs> everything is so... Today today's uh, today's podcast, today's show is going to be all about prepping for the regular season. We're going to talk about tomorrow's matchup. We're going to talk about, you know, obviously you shouldn't draw any massive sweeping conclusions from early season action. So we're going to do exactly that and position ourselves to draw some sweeping conclusions about what we've seen so far and how the season might go. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we expect to see, what we hope to see, what we fear to see. It's going to be a whole thing. So um, as I mentioned, Taylor Baird, uh, Greg Higgins joining the podcast for the first time. Right, Greg? Uh second time. Second time. There we go. But uh, it's it's going to be a good show. And, and you know, just go ahead and go ahead and dive right in. So Dallas Stars kick off the season against the New York Rangers tomorrow. These same Rangers are in action against Washington right now. Uh, they're currently losing four to nothing. So, hey, great. It's a it's wonderful that um, Dallas is going to get somebody that's already played. But kind of focusing on the Stars first, what are your One of the the biggest, we'll start in the net. Why don't we start in the net? I'm throwing a dart. So one of the biggest things coming in the preseason is, oh my goodness, Dallas has four goalies. It was a whole deal, right? We talked a lot about it. People made fun of us. Um, It's down to three now, right? Ben Bishop didn't start in the preseason, hasn't made it into any game action. He is on the LTIR. So it looks like for all of the late preseason noise about, you know, whether he would get back or anything, looks like that's going according to expectations. Um. Looks like Ottinger's taking the bus down I-35 to Cedar Park, uh, leaving Hudobin and leading Holtby into uh, into the the regular season as Dallas Stars tandem in that. I mean, technically, I think Ottinger's still on the roster, but uh, I don't think that's that's where they're really going to go. So we'll start with you, Greg. Is this how you envision Dallas's goaltending unit looking heading into the regular season?
2: Yeah, kind of. I, I, the Ottinger thing was where I was kind of not sure. Be, with him being the young guy, and it seems like they really want to give him the reins and they really want him to take over. You saw that last year when they, you know, playing him quite a bit with it open. Um But it just seemed with the with the money and, and where you've got your money allocated, and, and if Bishop wasn't going to be... Um, available then i felt like it had to be hadobin and holby and then it was just a matter of who was gonna basically get the the number one nod but yeah i felt like it had to be this way um and then you just kind of hope that maybe this doesn't mess with ottinger mentally um and his psyche and i guess if you're a goalie things like this shouldn't rattle you but uh i think that just kind of is you hope that that doesn't that doesn't happen to him
0: yeah, I think you hope he looks at it as an opportunity and and you know, he now has he will certainly be the guy down in Cedar Park in a way that he wasn't necessarily going to have a path to at the NHL level. So hopefully he responds. Now, Taylor, I'm gonna to pivot to you real quick here. For a second now, let's just say, you know, take the contracts out of it, take the experiences out of it, take take the, you know, a lot of the noise. And in your opinion, from a strictly performance perspective, is this the goaltending unit that that you expected heading into the regular season?
1: Probably. Um, first of all, I think that Brayden Holpe was not nearly as bad as his numbers indicated um, in his last year in Washington or his, um, I was reminded today, one year in Vancouver, which felt like forever because there's been a whole pandemic and I've lost zero, all concept of time. Um <laughs> So Brayden Holby played there for years, (laughs) according to me. Um, But, you know, he was never as bad as those numbers looked because the defense in front of him was very porous. And I kind of always anticipated that coming to a more structured system would get him back to at least more of an average NHL goaltender. And while that may not blow anybody's socks off, I think that's exactly what Dallas needs um, is consistency. And while I do think that Jake Oninger is right on the cusp and ready to take the reins, he had inconsistent moments last year. And if well, you're I- looking at this roster and you're saying, this is the last year with this core, this is your push, Your you pushed all your chips in and you're ready to go on a run. I don't know that they had the confidence in Ottinger being able to take on a starting role and backstop the team.
0: Well, and I think, and, and I love that you mentioned average, right? And and one of the things that occurs to me is there's there's sort of two ways to get average, right? And to, one is to always be average, right? The other way is to be great one night and terrible the next. And I'm not saying that, that Ottinger was vacillating between great and terrible, but he was much more, to your point, right? There was you had a little bit less of an idea of what you were going to get night to night, even period to period with Ottenger. I mean, the fact that we were making big deals out of, you know, Dallas, the Dallas stars closing out wins and winning shootouts in the preseason tells you a little bit about some of the struggles and it's not on, you know, goaltending is a team position in a lot of ways. So it's not entirely fair to to dump it in his crease, but Dallas has had some difficulty kind of slamming the door last season and part of, for lots of reasons. So I I do think you're right in that, you know, the last piece of the Ottinger puzzle as a top line, top tier NHL starting goaltender is that ability to be the same guy night in and night out versus even being mostly the good version of himself. Now, the one thing that we didn't really mention in that Taylor is uh, Anton Hudobin, who of course drove the stars to the, you know, two wins from a Stanley cup. And, and Greg coming back to you, do you think, you know, let's, let's put your, your, you know, Jim Nell on uh, maybe. And so this is more of a, of a bonus thing. So, you know, coif your hair and, and fly, you know, blow it out like, like Bones does. And,
1: it's a tell me, thing, <laughs>
0: On on a scale of 1 to 10, give me what level of confidence do you think the Dallas Stars have in Anton Hudobin as specifically as a number one, right, presumptive every night slash big game starting goaltender at this phase?
2: Oh, wow, man. I would say it's probably 6 to 7. And the only reason why I say that is because, you know, like you said, two years ago, they're two wins away from, from the Stanley Cup. He has just a phenomenal run that nobody saw coming. But then last year he kind of came back down to earth some and, and you did see it more of a struggle um through the regular season. I know there was COVID and there was some just some crazy scheduling things like that. But I, I feel like there's probably a situation which you're going into this season and you're wondering. Which one of the two are you going to get? Are you going to get a combination of both? You're going to get one that regresses even more um, from last year, you know, and shows a regression, or are you going to get the 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 um, one from the playoffs uh, two years ago? So I feel like it's it's definitely over like um, over half, obviously. Um, otherwise, you probably have Ottinger up here and not Hadovan. But um, but I, I still think that there's probably a little bit of um. Maybe some uneasiness, and that's why you go out and you did sign a Braden Holtby um, during the um, during the off season.
0: And I, I'd go but one step further and yeah. say, again, talking about how to get to average, Hudobin was fantastic during that postseason run as a whole. But there were certainly segments, the Calgary series, portions of the series against Colorado, like there were certainly uh, there were certainly times during that playoff run where. Uh, sorry, if I said Holtby by accident, but there were certainly times during that playoff run where it, it wasn't that Hudobin every single game, every single night was unstoppable. Right? He got the wins he needed to win. He came up big when the team needed him to come up big. But there were there were some questionable performances along the way as well. Like there there's a reason that the Dallas Stars took a you know took a one game gamble during the Colorado series to see what they hadn't been Bishop. Right? They they don't do that if Anton Hudobin is just completely on a blinder
2: well and they also win the Stanley Cup if he's perfect too so <laughs> I, mean, I mean that's fair there's there's obviously that so
0: yeah and and Taylor I want to I want to circle back to you because you were jumping in as well what what's um yeah please
1: well you made the point I was I was gonna make which is I think that I think could is somewhere in the middle
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yes that playoff run was fantastic and out of left field and nobody really expected it and you could contribute some of that to Kidovan. You can also contribute some of that to the fact that Dallas actually, I don't know, figured out how to score for a little while. Um, that was fun. Remember those games? Oh, um, when man. they outscored their problems. <laughs> um, and some of those the Colorado was because... series
0: was fantastic, and I will fight anybody that tells me otherwise. <laughs> that is how hockey should be played.
1: Yeah, but and some of that was because Kidovan didn't come up with that save, or you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying he was like, throw him under the bus, and he didn't get Dallas where they ultimately ended up because I think he absolutely was integral to that Stanley Cup final run. But at the same time, there were definitely times where I was like, ooh, uh, they went to Game 7 against Colorado maybe a little bit because of Kenobin. So, like, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. But I also don't think that he was as bad as he – like, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was necessarily last year – because you're not going to have him dealing with COVID at the beginning of the season, hopefully, um, at least to date, what we know, you're not going to have to deal with that. Um, and you're also not going to have this insane schedule where even as, even with a tandem, you know, guys are starting three or four games a week like for the, for like 70 days straight. Like you're not just going to do that um, this year. So I think he's kind of somewhere in the middle. And then the other thing I would say, and we can, and then we can stop talking about goaltending, maybe hopefully we'll figure out an answer um, off of game one tomorrow and totally extrapolate that to all 82 games of the season. Um, but this is kind of a low risk scenario for Jim, No, You are able to send out Ottinger and have him play the majority of starts against what should be a pretty decent American Hockey League team. If... He plays so lights out that you can't help but call him up because he has earned that distinction, and maybe somebody at the NHL level um isn't going great. Then hey, look, you've given yourself that depth that everybody talks about and everybody envies. Or on the opposite side, let's say open and Hulpe both go lights out and audience playing lights out. You have given yourself some trade chips to go out and improve a different area of your. Roster with flexibility of: Do you want a guy who's gonna who's only signed for a year? Do you want a guy who's signed for two years? What are you gonna give me, and which one you know gets me the best return? And you're gonna be able to improve your roster that way. So like, I kind of see this as like a win-win-win. And yeah, does it suck if you're Jake Ottinger, and you're sitting there going, "I thought I showed that I'm ready for NHL like action"? Absolutely. But you know what? If if I am a general manager and I have a goaltender that can't handle being 22 or what however old he is, and can't handle a demotion and doesn't show me that, like, doesn't basically stick it to me, then then do I really want him as my long-term, you know, well, that, solution in net anyway? I, I, and to
0: your point, the beauty of the goaltending position, unlike a lot of the other slots in the hockey, is you, you can't really hide, right? If, if you're the guy, to your point about sticking it to him, right, if, if, if Ottinger was if If Ottinger wanted to be undisputed, then there's a pathway to do that as a goaltender. And he didn't. And that's not a negative. He didn't play badly in the preseason, certainly, but he he wasn't he wasn't what he needed to be to force a decision. And that was always going to be his path. And I think that's okay,
1: and he's still young. And like, let's not forget that, you know? So, like, why rush him if you don't have to either? Like, for all the talk of, you know, shattering, set, like, a kid's confidence by sending him down and sending the wrong message or whatever, you can absolutely shatter confidence by putting them in a position where they're not going to be set up for success.
0: And well, if and you don't think you're to able you,
1: to do that...
0: And especially to Greg's point, talking about how this is a, an expectation-heavy team, right? Uh, it's It's going to be, if he does have inconsistencies if he does have struggles it will be much there will it will be much more acute with the big stars than with the than with the baby stars right but to your point moving along i want to talk a little bit about the rest of the roster as well there are more than goaltenders so you know dallas has announced their opening night roster notably they and by the way tongue firmly in cheek notably they have have kept oscar bach and sent down Yoel Kiviranta and Greg, start with you. Th- this is obviously. I think you're
1: a little you know, bit correct. behind here with just FYI. You know, the stars did make those moves actually um on Wednesday or Tuesday.
0: That's right. They they with lots of deliberations. They've so-
1: already recalled Yoel Kiviranta
0: well and that's that's tongue in cheek right the point i was the point i was gearing at is that that was not a nonsense announcement built more around getting as close to the cap as possible there's a really fascinating piece if you don't subscribe to the athletic by by sod walking through why exactly it's important to get as close to the cap as you can and, and why all the math works out and to your point more realistically were there any surprises we'll start with you greg looking at what the actual roster is and who's actually likely to play were there any surprises of the non-goal-tending variety as you look at the stars squad we expect to take the ice tomorrow?
2: Uh, no, I, I was just kind of going through it again, just looking, and not, not really. I mean, I'm sure Taylor, you probably know a little bit more about, uh, and you probably have a few more surprises. I, I mean, to me, the thing is, is I, I always look at that first month of the season as more of a shuffling and all that stuff and it's not it's it's almost like an extension to the preseason we've seen so many teams in the past that you know they have such a terrible two or three months period but it doesn't matter because they peak in january and they make the playoffs and they go on to win stanley cups and stuff like that and so i just i feel like this is always such a moment where we look at the roster and you almost like, Oh, does this send a message or what are they trying to say here? And to me, it's always more just, Hey, we're just going to continue tweaking things and figuring things out. And right now this is what we're going to go with. And next week it may be different. Um, so, so nothing really surprises me at this point. I mean, of the season every year it's, it's later on, whenever you start, To me, it's more of head scratchers. Like once you start getting into December and January and then those moves that make, you're like, "Uh, okay, now this is kind of interesting.
0: uh, Taylor, do you think that's, that's fair?
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, for me, there really weren't any surprises making the roster out of camp because Jacob Peterson absolutely made the case to be the guy. He he made his case to say, hey, I deserve to be up here. Um, And he helps round out a top nine. And then we've already seen that even the subtraction of one of those expected top nine in Jason Robertson has kind of already thrown a little bit of a curveball at the at the stars. And they haven't even hit the ice for game one
0: yet. Well, top not not just Jason Robertson, but of course the news today is, is uh, so Como's hurt as well. That doesn't matter as much in the the roles we're talking about with with Peterson. And then as well, um, Alexander Radulov is held out of practice dealing with a non-COVID injury, or sorry, non-COVID illness, not injury. So it's, it's I, I like the, as also how you walk through, by the end of training camp, it was not surprising at all to see Peterson make the roster. He earned it. We were talking about Ottinger earlier, right? Peterson made a, 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 an unassailable case that he deserved to be in this team's kind of break camp group. Right. But I would say at the, from the start of training camp, it was a very big surprise to have him come in and be as impactful as quickly as he was. Right. So that to me was just looking at it, that. That was the one that stood out for me as well.
1: Yeah. And that's the one thing that like you kind of want to see though, is mm-hmm. a guy step up and make the case to be put in, a position and and not just any position he made a very strong case to be a top six forward um and that made you know that's gonna force the stars to to reconstruct their lineup and say okay instead of a top six and a bottom six uh maybe we can roll a top nine and you know one checking line instead of two um oh, and or well. three at some points last year and then so, looking at
0: Looking at the stars' spending priorities, right? It's a cap league and, and looking at what they're paying for their defense and in and, and the, you know, knock on wood extension to come for John Klingberg. You've, if they can find a top six option in a, a player like Peterson, then that gives them the flexibility to spend top six money elsewhere, either on another top six option or right that that every you know every bit of dollar value you can get out of Peterson on his, on his entry level deal is is more money that you can put in a Klingberg extension or you can use to offset whatever you have to do to replace um you know Radulov and Pavelski as those contracts come due right so it's there's there's a lot of of on ice implications of him playing well and there's a lot of off ice implications of him playing well as well and, and as Stars fans it's it's also just nice, after after so many years of, of feeling like the Stars, for me at least, philosophy was, you know, having an endless supply of bottom six forwards milling around in the minor leagues. It's nice to finally see some guys breaking through in the top half of the lineup.
1: Yeah, and I think it's going to be really interesting to watch, not just the fact that Peterson made the squad, but, you know, when Robertson returns, which, based on what we've heard, from rick bonus so initially on monday uh before the stars left for new york the um insistent answer from him was day-to-day upper body day-to-day upper body day-to-day upper body no matter which way anyone asked that was the answer um and then today the stars are practicing in or wednesday I should say the stars practice in New Jersey. And we learned that he didn't even make the trip with the team. Um, So you could probably count him out for the first, at least four games of the season. Um, But when he does return and I would anticipate that it's probably not going to be longer than hopefully this first road trip. um, You know, how are they going to move the pieces around and, and, what impact is that going to have on the power play? And what impact is that going to have on who's killing penalties? And, um, I mean, you, you hope know, how it's do a problem. You right?
0: <laughs> yeah. You hope like, it's a real headache.
1: <laughs> you really, and that's what you want. And like, I want personally, I want to see, you know, eight different guys playing center at some point, because you've got so many of them that you want to keep them fresh, being able to play wing or center, depending on the situation. And, who's going, you know, on pace off swim night or whatever the case may be and being able to vary your attack um, and then also forcing the teams to like pick their poison and say, yeah, I think I'd rather put my top line up against Jamie Benn trio, Jamie Benn led t- line versus uh, Tyler Sagan led line. And then, you, you know, the hope is that with, against lesser competition, whoever that, third line out of the top nine is left over is able to make some things
0: right now and i'm glad you mentioned you know Robertson, of course, talking about Radulov as well. This was, of course, the season where, thank goodness, the team was going to be healthy and it was going to make all the difference in the world. So, want to pivot to you, Greg. Where is your talk about this? Where is your level of panic as we approach the you know season kickoff with with Radulov ailing, Robertson out of the lineup, um, and you know the kind of the 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 ghosts of last season chasing us around
2: can actually say probably the last that goes to the last two seasons because you know when we talked about the Stanley Cup earlier, you know there was a ton of injuries obviously and, and you Sagan and bishop and and people that were uh that that really affected there and then last year, obviously as you said, you know with um hints and um and Raoff and Sagan and then of course bishop so to me that's been one of the concerns going forward is the health of the players. I mean, you obviously, you know, you do have a lot of younger guys, but then you still have some players that um, for whatever reason they've last couple of years have had some issues staying healthy. And to me, I mean, my, I'm not going to say I'm extremely concerned at this moment, but I will say that um, to me, and I know it's, if you're saying it's an illness and it's not really an injury, that's, Totally different. And I get that. But to me, there's still a red flag that goes up uh, whenever you've got players that, uh, for whatever reason, are having a hard time getting on the ice, whether it's an injury, sickness, uh, whatever. And so, yeah, there's uh there's a little bit of concern. I don't know what the exact number is, but I'm definitely a little bit concerned there.
0: Fair enough. And, and we'll pivot to talking about the game itself. And And I want to ask a couple of questions as we kind of head, head this thing closer to the barn, talking about not just, you know, we, we've spent all, gosh, however long since you know, two seasons now, right? Always talking about things that this team needs to do to be successful, things that this team does to kind of drive us nuts. And so I want to talk about, You know, imagine, you know, fast forward to tomorrow, you've got your, you've got your beverage of choice. You've got your snack attack is settled. You're sitting down to watch the Dallas stars game with all of the baggage that this team is carrying into the season. Greg, what is the thing that you are hoping to see more than anything else? That's going to calm you down and let you know. Okay things are going to be all right. It's like what, what's, you know, imagine the first, let's just call it like the first, we get to the first intermission against new, against the Rangers. And what is the thing that you will have watched that gives you a little bit of hope projecting across the rest of the season?
2: Oh man, I don't know if you can do it in one period, but, but to me, it's a goaltending man. It, to me, it's, that's where the, to me, the question mark is this team you know, bonus seems to be like, kind of like the Dallas stars of old. Let's, build a team around defense and uh, lock you down. And, you know, we talked about earlier how much fun it was to watch them actually score goals uh, during the the finals run and stuff. So to me, um, I'm interested and I have been all off season is in the goaltending. And I feel like if they can get good enough goaltending, it doesn't be perfect. It doesn't need to be like just lock you down every single night. But where you get those big saves and you get those those key key stops that I feel like they can score enough goals offensively that that doesn't that doesn't concern me as long as the goaltending is where it needs to be. And that's that's where my level is, is is, is, it's all focused on the
0: goaltending. Taylor, how about you? What are you looking for early?
1: if I watch an overtime that doesn't involve starting Radic, Fox and Blake Como, uh, that is, then I'm going to know we're in decent shape because like, realistically, it should never happen <laughs> Just with all of the weapons at hand. Like I want to see the commitment to being aggressive to actually take those extra points and not just be like, Oh, maybe we can make it to the shootout and win it that way like that to me will tell me that this team is dialed in and that they really are like ready to go for it
0: i love it i I like that Uh, the goaltending as well i think those are you know greg i like your point about the goaltending doesn't need to be you know this this if if this team is what it's supposed to be in terms of its aggregate level of talent on the ice if if this team is where it should be then it's not going to need you know, vintage Marty Turco, Eddie Belfort goaltending to keep it in games. Right. So I think right. you're completely correct. And, and one of the first things to look for is if this team is leaning on its goaltending to start the season, that's, that's maybe a little bit of a red flag. And, and then, Taylor, to your point, the second, the second piece of that is, on the exact same note, right? Part of why this team doesn't have to lean on its goal so heavily is because we've been told that there's depth and talent throughout the rest of the roster, right? So I think the second thing to look for very, very much so. And then I'll, I'll kind of add one on top of that. For me, it's not just that the forwards are playing aggressive, but it's, a variety right it's that this team has different combinations this team has different different ways that it can construct itself and i think one of the criticisms that this coaching staff has drawn um in the past is you know the the Fox's starting overtime thing should be a joke, but it's not right and and como leading the team in ice time in games when they're down a goal, right so this there has been at times this perception that the coaching staff is is you know they they'd rather lose one to nothing the right way than win two to one and get out of their system sometimes and so one of the things that I'll be looking for especially early is how willing is is Rick Bonus going to be to Activate the defense to juggle his forward lines to give players the green light. Like, like how how much is this Dallas team going to be just rigid in a system versus having the ability to you know find ways to get the puck the up the ice even if it's a touch unconventional right so one of the things that for me. That's going to show me early that things just might be okay is if we start seeing Dennis Gurianov in different places, or if we start seeing Jamie Benn popping up on different lines or, you know, finding different ways to get the offensive players involved versus just that orthodoxy of okay well now it's time for the third line, and now it's time for the second line now it's time for the fourth line right that's that's what I'm going to be looking for that's going to make me hopeful, and then pivoting right so we've we've talked about upside and taylor we'll start with you this time what's the thing that you're going to see that that's going to terrify you and, and kind of fill you with that oh gosh here we go again dread
1: going to overtime at all <laughs> in the first game of the season please don't do it like you, you know you the Dallas Stars will be facing off against a New York Rangers team that just got absolutely smacked around um in the first game of the season So they will have, they're playing on the second night of a back to back grant, and they had to travel. Granted, travel in the East is vastly different from travel in the West. Um, They just went down to DC. Um, But if you cannot get up enough to avoid overtime against that scenario, then I'm going to be a little bit concerned.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could say with a a team with Dallas's expectations heading into the season, this this is one of those games you circle like, hey, it's, you're right, it's it's your season opener. You're fresh. They've traveled. like This is this has got to be one you look at as a as a win, right? You've got to look at this and saying not just avoiding overtime, but Dallas's expectations have to be two points. And and to your point in, earlier about aggression, right? They. They better play like their expectation is two points versus their expectation of let's just keep it close as long as possible and hope something good happens, which they've done all too frequently. Now, uh, moving. So, how about you, Greg? What's 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 your what's what's your innermost fear for tomorrow's game?
2: I, I think that that they come out um, wind up having to get in a shootout, as we talked about earlier, and you're trying to five four game or or four to four, but but also the fact that you know you see them sometimes come out with uh, kind of to what Taylor was saying, kind of, you can't, you see them come out really slow.
0: The 60 minute stars. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And there's like times where you're like through the first 40 minutes, you're like, man, this team, what are they doing? Are they even playing a game? And then all of a sudden they kick it into gear in the third period. And sometimes it's too late because of the way you played in the the first 40 minutes. And, And that's kind of the, you know, you always hate to see that, but uh, I would really hate to see that tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, this is, I agree with that. And then, peace, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's that passivity that Taylor was talking about as well. All too often, this Stars team's mentality has been to wait for the game. And not to go out and, and make something good happen. So I think you're right. Like yeah. this, if if it's if it's going to be successful long term, if this team is going to go where we think it can go, then they've got to start forcing some things, especially against a team that should be tired, against a team that played the night before. Like if, if ever there was a game where your mentality should be, let's put the pedal down and make them work for it, like it's tomorrow. And and for me, I'll go a little bit different direction. For me, my biggest concern is You know, we talked a lot about in the off-season... About and this isn't to say that he's not excellent. He's our sweet baby Miro, but the offense wasn't quite where uh, we expected it to be as as Stars fans this past season. And, and there was a lot of talk about how, and I think David was the one that did some some pretty interesting work talking about how one of the reasons for that was his tendency to defer to Jamie Alexiak, and this idea that while you know, in instead of being the dynamic driver of play that he could be, Miro was effectively sidekick to Jamie Alexiak. And I think that some of it's on the player and some of it's natural development and some of it's on the coaching staff in the system. But given the way that this team is built, given the way that the that the things that they need help with, right? Given Miro's all universe skill set, that I think that that one of the biggest challenges for the coaching staff this year is going to be how do you turn Miro into not a not a not a good player because he's already that he's probably a great player already. But how the the potential with Miro is to be a a transcendent force on the blue line, someone that can affect play in a big way in all three in all three zones, right? and so for me one of the things that i'm worried about is entering another season and and again it's this is you know success is relative right i would many franchises would murder for the version of Miro that already exists and me being very much one of those fans but one of the things that i'm worried about is get out there next season and it's it's sort of that same story and that it's it's a version of miro that while he has everything that he needs he's a little bit too willing to defer to other players and and Passivity has apparently turned into a theme of this podcast, right? And so, I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that that Miro approaches this next season as, okay, I am the best defenseman. I need to get myself into the Norris conversation where I deserve to be, and I'm going to go out there on the ice and earn it. That's that's the guy I'm hoping to see.
1: You know what's really fascinating to me is, and I I read Miro Haskinen's season last year the same way. I, I felt there were times where he absolutely deferred to Jamie Lixiak for him to move the puck up the ice and activate offensively, and he like almost kind of looked like he felt responsible for being the safety the safety valve in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'd like to think that he steps more into that John Klingberg role next to the East, Esa Lindell, um, because that's kind of what Esa Lindell's been doing for John Klingberg for years for years um but I was actually talking to somebody and they had a different take on Miro Haskin in season and their take was that it appeared that Miro was trying to do too much Hmm. like that he was trying to be defensively responsible and offensive and like you know so like he was almost a little too in his own head And that he kind of got away from doing what makes his game so good and efficient, which is, you know, simple plays, quick passes up the ice, um, and using his speed. And I thought that was a very interesting way of looking at it. I don't know if I wholly buy into that um, mentality. But um, I, I too, am going to be curious to see if he can, like you said, take that step whether it's taking a step back mentally and just being like, I'm already good at what I need, what I need to do. And I just need to go back to doing that and everything else will work its way out. Um, or if it is like you said, not deferring to others. So I'll be curious too, to see that. But, um, I kind of feel like as Miro Haskinen goes is going to be how the Dallas stars go.
0: Yeah, I agree. And this is this is a total aside, but I think it's funny. In and this also isn't a comment on on what you just said, Taylor. This is a comment on the Colorado Avalanche, but from the time that you started speaking to the time that you finished speaking, the Colorado game went from nil nil to two nothing Colorado. So oh, things are things are going great in Chicago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I um, think He's a bellwether.
1: Flurry's pads are nice, is what I've heard. They're nice and clean.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think I think you're right. I, I really like the way that you phrase that. Uh, Miro Haskinen is a bellwether for how this team is going to be this season, and whether and not just his level of involvement, his level of aggression, his his creation on offense, like the way that he. You're right. So as goes Miro, so go the Stars. And I think that's the way. Um, yeah, that that's just the way to look at it, and and that's a, a very good approach to have as we come into next game. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up and we're gonna do i'm gonna ask for, for two things from each of you and i'll go first because it'll give you kind of a sense of of how things are going so we're we're going to i, I want a prediction for tomorrow's game and then i want one completely kind of inane um inane prediction that that stars related and what I, just something something fun something for the kids and so for me I think for all the reasons we've talked about, I think Dallas gets the win. I think it's, uh, I think they probably win. I'm going to call it, I'm going to say four, two. I think it's a good, a good start. Uh, mostly positives, a couple of but I think Dallas is going to win four, two tomorrow. And as for my, um, my prediction, I think that Blake Como is going to finish in the, the 14 to 15 minute ice time range not as the team leader as we unfortunately too frequently saw last season those are those are my two predictions Blake Como middle of the pack forward ice time Dallas gets the four to two win uh Taylor let's let's kick it to you next for your your predictions
1: I'm surprised because I didn't think uh Blake Como was gonna play tomorrow
0: oh god Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah, I mean, I think you got that I one. I mean, you nailed it. Just crushing oh, it. <laughs> we'll let you have a do-over after after we get through ours. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we will not see Lake Como. That one, that's my prediction. No, um, I think I, I don't know. I'd like to see a dominant performance. I think that you know Tyler Sagan is gonna be running to go. I think Radulov is gonna be. In the lineup, um, and we all know how much he likes to score and celebrate his scoring. Um, Blue
0: game potential is what, what I'm hearing.
1: I'm thinking it's like a 5 1 win. I think Braden Holby, you know, comes in clutch against a team that he's very familiar with, having played in the Eastern Conference for so long. 5 1 win. And I guess for my crazy thing, I'll say a Tyler Sagan hat trick.
0: I like it. And then, Greg, what do you think? So, I,
2: I was actually going the same route you were. I was thinking four to two. And I think, and the only reason why I do that is I think it may be actually three to two late, an empty netter or something like that to put it away. But I think it more the Rangers being at home, playing in front of their home crowd, I think that's going to fire them up a little bit. Um, I could see them getting a couple of goals. I do think Stars win four to two. And for my prediction, I think two of their goals. Come from defensemen tomorrow night.
0: Which which defenseman? Bonus bonus prediction time.
2: Uh, Ryan Suter. Okay. Uh, yes,
0: sooner and Klingberg.
2: The top
1: pairing, maybe.
2: So no haskin exactly. in love. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I, I think. Now uh, watch I think Andre
1: Sekarev score one off of his ass or something.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so, or or right. it'll be Miro getting a hat trick. I mean, hey, you know.
0: You know what? I'll take it. But exactly. yeah, Secro Secro with the with the season's first Polak, I think, will be my that'll be my <laughs> my shame-faced backup prediction since I, I forgot like Blake Como was out of Secro gets the first Polak of the season.
1: Perfect. You just you just really really want them to play Blake Como so that they don't play him in the manner in which he's been used
0: previously. I mean, I don't, I just
1: really want
0: to see it. I don't want him to not be played because, you know, I I want success and I want, I want people to, to find their joy. But I feel like if I ever see Blake Como at the top of the Dallas Stars ice time leaders, I'm going to kind of jump out the window. It's, it's just that, that time has passed that time never existed.
2: (laughs) So maybe I should change my prediction for, for Taylor and just say that, We will not see Blake Como starting in overtime at all tomorrow night.
1: (laughs) We definitely will not. So, Polak,
0: Polak, or sorry, Polak, gets a Polak game winner to lead the Stars to a 1 0 overtime victory against the New York Rangers. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I like it. <laughs>
1: It's just so Dallas. It's not yeah, it impossible. Really yeah. <laughs> Look, if well. Jack Johnson can score in the year 2021, I think that uh, anything is possible.
0: I just honestly saw that and assumed that it was Eric Johnson and that people were wrong. I just because I, I A, because I know he's on the team. I didn't know Jack Johnson was on the Avalanche. Full disclosure. And then I once even after I learned that Jack Johnson was, I was like, yeah, it's the wrong guy. It, it can't be. But it we've absolutely Jack Johnson. We've Colorado clearly Valley. reached the end of of our sane rope for this podcast. And of course, it's, it's going to be. It's just nice. We'll have we'll have actual hockey to talk about again moving forward. I might even figure out who the coaching staff is and who the players in the lineup are. We'll see. It's going to be a big season <laughs> for the Westman. <laughs> this
1: is the last podcast you get to claim preseason. So you know, like I'm just
0: saying. Getting my hips up. out. I'm getting my yips out. We, well, much like the Dallas Stars, we're trying for a much more aggressive style this season. We're, we're going to make some more mistakes in our own end. That's fine. It happens. But the payoff is going to be, um, you know, there's, there's going to be more offense, more offensive content as, as a result. So it's, it's going to be net positive. And of course, uh, here's hoping. It, has to, it can't be any worse. But thank you both for your time. KT, thanks for stitching it all together. Do not forget, loyal listeners, to, to like and download and do all of the things. You know how to find us on the socials, you know how to find us on the site. Ask your questions, give your feedback, and um, here we go.